Welcome to episode 10 of the Elam Missions podcast. I'm your host, Jack Skett, the communications and content creator for Elam Missions. We're here to tell the stories of what God is doing around the world through our missionaries and global partners as we partner with the Spirit in the renewal of all things. This is the final episode of series one, so we're going to take a break after this and come back with series two in a little while. Listen to the end for some details about bonus content we'll be bringing in the meantime. My guest on the podcast today is Roy Johnston, the Irish Missions Director. Roy is involved with a wide variety of things within Elam Missions, as well as specifically within the context of Elam Ireland, where the churches carry a strong heart for missions. Roy and I spoke about the impact of short-term missions trips, prayer, and having a global view of the gospel. So, let's get into my interview now with Roy Johnston. Roy, hi, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on today. Hi, Jack. It's great to be with you this morning. So, Roy, you are the missions director for Elon Missions Ireland, right? What Can you tell us a bit about yourself uh, how did you get involved with missions um, who are you what do you do <laughs> well that, that's uh yeah a, a bit of a, a strange person um i um i came to faith um in monaghan and uh um i went to bible college in in uh, a college called faith mission in edinburgh and um um after i left the faith mission I found my way uh, drawn into Elam, and um, my first church was in Caledon uh, in 1987. So I've been through a number of churches here in Ireland. Uh, been all, you know, did my uh, probationary period, did my ordination. A number of churches, been in, in team uh, situations, and been uh, senior pastors as well in some of the churches. So. Uh, you know, uh, about just about eight, eight and a half years ago, uh, there was uh, going to be a change. The the previous um, international missions uh, Irish missions director was uh, uh, Ray Cotter, and uh, he was uh, coming uh, close to his retirement. And the national, the uh, Irish leadership team asked me if I would consider becoming the next uh, um, Irish um, missions director. And through a lot of prayer and discussion with my wife and the family, uh, we felt it was the right thing to do. So I've been in in the, the role um, just over seven years now. Uh, how I became interested in missions, I suppose uh, from a very young age, um, I'd always sort of been interested in, in missions or had a little bit of contact with uh, missionaries that sort of came through some of the churches that uh, I attended. We well, one in particular was uh, we we were in the Salvation Army at this particular time, and um, my mom and dad would uh, put up missionaries who came from the Salvation Army, given you know lunches and that on the Sundays in which they came. So I got to hear some of the interesting stories about what was happening in our mission field uh, as a youngster. Uh, I suppose you know that that remained in, in my my sort of psyche really over the years and um you know i've always uh, been taught and been encouraged that whenever there's a missionary available take them so that's what i did in in local church whenever there was a missionary came to ireland and um uh, the irish mission director put out a little 
uh, notice to to say that uh, there was a missionary event, I would always take them and uh, have them to the church. So missions has always sort of been percolated in, in my mind and in my spirit for all of those years. Uh, so when it came to me making a decision uh, to step out of local church ministry and into the role that I'm in today, uh, I did have to think about it carefully. I did have to pray about it, but it was something that was just, um, you know, something that, that I, I was very willing to do uh, and to serve in that way. So that's how I became my mission director. I mean, there's something powerful about hearing stories of what God is doing through yeah. our missionaries. Uh, and often you hear stories that you wouldn't necessarily hear from people who are just who are back home. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, in some ways, that's a shame. <laughs> we ought to see uh, God moving in those powerful ways here. Yeah. We, but it's it's always inspiring to hear the stories of what's going on in the nations. So as as the Irish missions director, what do you, what does your job entail? Do you do a lot of traveling? Is there a lot of kind of talking with missionaries? Are you connected with our missionaries regularly? How does that work? Yeah, for for my my role is uh, quite varied. Um, I have a responsibility um, to the Irish leadership team here, uh, and uh, to um, just to travel by invitation to as many churches in Ireland to share the vision of uh, Elam International Missions. Uh, to share some of the things that I've been involved in, some of the things that have been happening, um, you know, uh, and just to keep an awareness uh, of Elon missions and our missionaries uh, on the ground here in Ireland. So that's what one aspect. So I do, I do a bit of travelling around the churches here in Ireland. Um, the, the other thing is, uh, obviously, a, a big part of it is fundraising and, you know, fundraising for missionaries. Uh, we have a um, a number of missionaries from Ireland that are serving overseas. So um, I I feel personally that my responsibility is to make sure that somehow that their um, their their support is there financially, uh, prayerfully as well. And um, so you know, so there's fundraising. Then there's uh, projects uh, before uh, my predecessor Ray Carter had a number of projects in Africa. Uh, that were up and running, and the ILT gave him a, 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 an agreement that we would continue with those uh, projects. So, uh, fundraising for projects of uh, orphan homes in, in Malawi, schools in Malawi, mm -hmm. um, you know, helping with one two seven project for uh, orphans in uh, in Zimbabwe. You know, and there's. The, the hospital in Zimbabwe and in Katarari and um, you know just things like that there so some of the projects there so I'm still uh, fundraising for that fundraising for for missionaries so that's another um area that uh, I'm responsible for so when when I came into this role um Paul Hudson was the international missions director and uh, he invited me to take part with regards to what's called missionary hubs Yes. Missionary Hubs is basically uh, a once-a-month small group for, for our missionaries to zoom into. And uh, it's just like a you know small group meeting and uh, just for them to connect with one another, uh, to have a little bit of time around the Word of God and to, to pray for one another. So that, that spread out over two days um, um, in, in a month. So 
Uh, Paul asked me if I would take that on, and I was very happy to do so. So, uh, in, so I'm, I'm getting to not only know the the Irish missionaries, but all the missionaries uh, that Elam have across the world as they sort of connect into the missionary hubs, and I see that as a very exciting uh, and a very fruitful um, thing to 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 help with um, our missionaries in, in a lot of areas. There, there's also um the the member care there's a elon missionary member care team uh that helps to uh, uh you know just provide pastoral care uh for our missionaries there, there's a team there, there's a number of people involved uh, and i'm one of the people that are involved in that so i uh, will sort of connect with the missionaries on a personal basis from there and a, a few other things that are happening as well. so, so you're not um, that yeah. busy really are you yeah, no, 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 <laughs> not that busy. Just one or two things on your plate. Yeah, I think I'm sure that people listening will really uh, recognise the need for things like hubs and member care. You know, as, as Christians, we all know that uh, to do this discipleship journey in isolation is is not it's not healthy. No, uh, we can't grow very well in isolation, and so even more so for our missionaries who are often on their own with their families somewhere in all over the world to uh, hopefully it, it gives a bit of comfort i guess to people listening who maybe didn't know that that's a thing that actually our missionaries are building relationship together in small group just like many of our listeners may be in their local context in the church yeah. and what a privilege for you to be involved with that okay. to get to know them and hear their stories and pray with them yeah it's just an incredible privilege really is and it's you know, so yeah, yeah. And then uh, I get the odd opportunity to go out and visit some of our missionaries and also global, uh, even global partners as well. So, yeah, because yeah, you mentioned Malawi, didn't you? That some of the projects you've supported there, I know you've been to Malawi a few times in recent years to kind of see the progress of those projects. Uh, some of them getting towards completion now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, uh, well, the, Malawi is such a poor country. And um, uh, I think that there there is a desire to try and become self sufficient in some of those areas. Yeah. Um, but at the moment we're we're still a little bit away from that. But there is a mentality to want to uh, become a little bit more self sufficient in some of those things. You know. Yeah. But, which is really important, of course, um, knowing that local leaders have agency to lead yeah. what God is doing there. Um, so that's a wonderful thing. I, Let's just kind of dial back a moment and talk a bit more about Elam Missions Ireland because you're not there by yourself, are you? Who, who's who's working with you? You've got a team. Yeah, I have, I have a small. We have a little office, um, and um, uh, I have a sort of like a, a PA stroke finance director, uh, a lady called Pamela Moore. Uh, she's actually my sister-in-law, and uh, she has a, a background in banking. She she worked for one of the local banks. And before sort of coming into the the role as finance person for missions, so yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't do it without her, you know. And then there's obviously uh, others around that I, I can pull upon to to help in different uh, areas of, of promotion and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It seems to me, and I, maybe I, I might it might be just my perception from things that have come across my emails, but from looking at things from. England, it looks to me like there's just a real significant heart for international missions in Ireland amongst the Irish churches. Uh, 
I, am I right about that? And what if I am, why why do you think the Irish churches particularly are so passionate about missions? Well, because we're the best in the world. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, there there is there, there's a there is a, a big big heartedness for for missions, not only in Elam in in Ireland, but uh, right across a lot of the denominations. There just seems to be a real generosity to uh, and a real heart to to see um, the the gospel just spread to, throughout the rest of the world and the support of missionaries. Uh, for for us in Elam, I think it, it's it's been dependent upon previous Irish missions directors that have uh, been very busy and worked very hard at actually uh, continuing to foster that uh, relationship with the local church and connecting them uh, with what's happening in in the, the broader scale of Elam across the world and the missionaries that we have. Uh, we've got fantastic, uh, we, we call them missionary ambassadors over here. The, the old term was missionary secretaries uh, who, you know, collect the, the information, the prayer letters. Uh, some of our churches would still have regular uh, prayer times for, for the work of missions uh, and the, the work of missionary organizations that they're connected with. And um, it just there just seems to be uh, a real... Uh, it's just something that's been fostered over many, many, many years. And it just seems to be like we, we talk about the DNA in Elam. Well, I think the part of the DNA of Elam Island is international missions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then um, a number of years ago, when Elam tried to do sort of the, the regionalizations that each region in the UK would take a region of the world, um, the, the region that Ireland was uh, given was Central and Southern Africa. And uh, I just think that it connect, connected with our people here, that they had a focus on on uh, one particular part of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, mich- um, the Irish mission directors at that time really put a lot of energy and a lot of effort and work into uh, fostering relationships within Central and Southern Africa with the national leaders and the missionaries there, uh, but also made sure that it was promoted very much among our churches. Now, uh, that that has pluses, uh, but it also has negative things because not every um, Elam person will have a, a heart for Africa. There's other places yeah. in the world. So, um, you know, there, there'll be churches that have heart for India or, or South America and that. So we, I'm trying to sort of, uh, make sure that wherever a church has a, a passion, uh, that we try to you know foster that within that that local church and within that pastor's heart. Depends upon the pastor, yeah, and, and the leadership team. If they have a heart for uh, missions, then the church will have a heart for missions. You know, um, and uh, if they have a, a desire to want to filter th- things through Elam, that then that will happen. You know. And um, you know, good things will come out of that. So yeah, there's a there's a big heartedness among the the people in in Ireland to want to support missions in one way or another. Anyway, I think it's amazing. And what one of my drivers with this podcast is to try and encourage local churches to be actively involved in mission, yeah. both in their local community but also in the nations. Uh, so why do you think it's important f- 
for a local church to have relationship with an overseas missionary or to have a focus on international missions what's the benefit to the local church by having that global mindset yeah uh, if i take a step back uh, i think that for me uh, the blueprint for local mission and international missions is in the words of jesus in acts chapter 1 and verse 8 mm. uh, where he says but you shall receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you we like that bit yeah, we want to see the power in that you know power. just uh, you know, Pentecostals love the power aspects. Yep. But then Jesus goes on and he says, but you will be my witnesses mm. and in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, I, I think that that is a blueprint for local church evangelism. Mm. You have your local evangelism, your, you know, your personal evangelism with those that are closest and nearest to you. Uh, in your Jerusalem, you have your local uh, evangelism into Judeas, uh, and then you have your local cross-cultural evangelism into the area of Samaria, uh, people that you don't sometimes don't really identify with or associate with within your 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 area within your neighborhood, and, and then you have onto the uttermost parts of the world. And I think that if a local church has uh, those four primary uh, focuses on evangelism and mission and missional heart, then I, I think then some, something dynamic happens within the local church. Um, and not not only that there, but there then, you know, uh, I remember what C.T. Studd used to say, the further your light shines, the brighter it shines at home. Mm, like so that. if we have a um, a global uh, focus on wanting to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then when in your own local locality, your local church will shine brighter uh, within that community and will have a, a greater impact and, and influence. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it um, it helps in that respect, but also helps your people to um, see beyond the four walls in which they're in. Yeah. Uh, I also, I've, you know, in, in ministry, I discovered when when we become uh, nasal gazing and, and we look uh, within the four walls, it's a, a recipe for division. Mm. It's a recipe for people to fall out. But when we we're very conscious of looking outside the four walls, uh, and in particular from from a mission point of view in, into a global setting, then some of the little squabbles that we might have as uh, in, in the local church just dissipate and disappear and dissolve away, and we we get where our focus should really be, and uh, so yeah, I think that there's that aspect, you know, and you know. So, mm. uh, yeah, that's, but uh, yeah, that's I think, helpful. yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, my hope has been that uh, as people listen to this podcast, they are inspired to, to take that global view and yeah. to look beyond the four walls of their church buildings and look at how they can be active in the local community and how we can learn from the people working around the world. Uh, yeah. new ways of of sharing the gospel 
uh, or just simply be inspired by the stories of the way people are being faithful to Jesus and Definitely. being witnesses all over the world. Uh, and so so just just as it sort of comes to me as well, I think there's two other things that help as we have a global view sure. or an international view. I think it causes us to become more more grateful. Mm, yeah, more grateful to Jesus for what what He's done and what He's doing in our personal lives, in our local congregation, and um, and so on and so forth. So it causes us to be a, a grateful people, but I also think it causes us to be a generous people as well. Yeah, somehow it causes um, us to, uh, you know, want want to help, want to give. Not not only just financially, but give of our time in prayer, in um, sending and receiving, and um, you know. So you know, I think that there is a a, a great generosity that comes uh, with having a, a a focus, not just locally but also um, globally as well. Yeah, and of course, one of the other benefits of having that sort of global mindset is the opportunity to go and to visit the nations uh, to go on a short-term missions trip uh, a couple of weeks back i spoke to sophie moore who you know yeah. very well uh, and she told her story of how uh, a couple of short-term trips to different nations in her formative years shaped the heart for mission that has now carried her as a full-time missionary to cambodia yeah uh, and of course, you're so tomorrow. You're flying out to Romania with a, a team for a short-term trip. Uh, yep. So tell us a bit about that. Who's going with you? What, why are you going? And what what are you going to be doing in Romania? Yeah, um, it was. Uh, um, I, I was asked to sort of take this team out because uh, of a con combination between MAP, Missionary Apprenticeship Program, basically for. Uh, younger people that may have a heart for for missions and, and missionaries, uh, and also uh, uh, a pilot scheme that we've started here in Ireland uh, called Cultivate. Uh, Cultivate is just taking interns uh, who give themselves for a year uh, just to discover as much as they can about the work of Elam within in Ireland. And there's two young guys that are on that, Matt and Toby. And uh, they're coming to the end of their their first year. Uh, it's been a pilot scheme with these two guys, but a very successful one. So they've been in a number of churches, maybe for a month uh, in a, a city church. Uh, and, you know, they, they've been in city churches. They've been in country churches. Uh, they've been in churches in Northern Ireland. They've been in churches in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, they've been involved. They, they've just come off the back of Relentless. Uh, youth camp over here uh, they, they're fully involved in the, the wondrous bible week uh, so they, they've been getting a flavor of you know different churches in ireland uh, different events that we we have run in here in ireland and um you know and just to you know for them to discover where their ministry may lay in the future uh, so built into the Cultivate year is two missions trips. Um, the guys at the beginning of the year went to John and Rachel McDonough in Paraguay yes. and spent uh, a couple of weeks with them in Paraguay and had a, a, a brilliant time there. 
And then the, the second trip was to be uh, in combination with MAP. Uh, unfortunately, MAP has sort of like been on pause at the moment because obviously Danny Face, who was running it, has now moved on uh, from Elon Missions. And there's a little bit of a vacuum there at the moment. So, um, yeah, so that that's where we're going. And we're going to Liz Face in Romania. And uh, really looking forward to our week with Liz next week and uh, seeing how the, the guys will um, develop. So we've got preaching engagements for them, sharing their testimonies, sharing songs, doing a, a kids program, a youth program, and, uh, you know, just to get them to to pick the brains of our missionary in Romania as well. So, yeah, it's, a, it's a, an exciting time. I'm looking forward to see what God's going to do in their lives uh, as they do this little short-term trip towards the end of their intern year with Cultivate. So, yeah, that's where we're at. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess that this is not the first time you've taken a team on a short-term missions trip in your years of involvement with missions so uh, how have you seen short-term missions trips shape the lives of young people uh, and what would you say to encourage people in our local churches who might be considering whether they should go on a, a short-term trip i think the the short-term mission trips are, are very very helpful for for anyone not just young people but anyone because it's yeah. open to anyone to go on a short-term mission yeah. trip to uh, any of our partners or any uh, of our missionaries uh, across the world. And the, the first thing is that they, you know, it gets them out of their setting, gets them away from their local setting uh, and takes them into uh, a situation in which uh, for a short time, for a couple of weeks, uh, they have to go to, a different culture, hmm. uh, a different uh, people group, uh, a different language. Uh, and I, I see all of that as things that can mark us as people, mark the young people, uh, causing them to see uh, that there is a world outside of their locality, uh, see that there is a world outside of their local church and maybe in some of these uh, you know, short-term missions they might do church a little bit different than we do over here at home so I think it broadens uh, people's um, horizon Yeah. Um, and the, the, the big thing that happens is that if, if the, the individual goes with an open heart wanting to hear what the spirit is saying to them wanting to uh, capture the heart of God or, or the heart of Jesus in a certain setting, well, that will happen. Yeah. You know, the, the spirit will do something within people's lives that will change them for life. Even a short, short-term trip will change someone for life mm -hmm. and will help them uh, just see the world through different eyes yeah um and um and yeah sometimes young people come back nothing happens after that yeah uh but that's okay and sometimes young people come back and it changes them totally mm -hmm. you know 
especially in those initial days when they come back, they're maybe less selfish, uh, more grateful, uh, you know, and and um, and can propagate and promote what's happening in that setting in which they've been in, which is always good. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then and and some come back with a call of God upon their heart to go to mm. serve God full time as a missionary. And um, on one trip, uh, you know, I've not been on that many teams that have gone out, but one of the first teams I went to was to South Africa many years ago, and uh, there was one young person on it, and even to this day, uh, she really still has a passion for missions. Um. Years after that, uh, she got married, had children, but her and her husband are basically the the missionary ambassadors for their church. And I'm I'm convinced that that was born uh, on a trip that she went out on uh, many years ago. You know? Yeah, and I suppose it's worth just saying that a short-term missions trip is not just for somebody who thinks they might one day be called to go overseas yeah. as a missionary. Actually, it's it can be a formative thing for anyone who's a follower of Jesus. Uh, and you may never go on another one again, but you come home with a, a different understanding of the gospel uh, and a, a different view of what it is to belong to the global church. Yeah. Like you say, it broadens your horizons to see that there are other ways of doing church out there. And there are brothers and sisters around the world who are active on the mission of God in their context. And so you can be as well in your local context. Well, also gives also gives them a, a greater appreciation of the missionaries who are on the ground. Yeah. What they have given up, what they have sacrificed to actually go and serve God mm. in, in that cross-cultural community in which they're in there, you know. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's good. Well, we're... Um... We're running short on time. I wanted to just briefly touch on the impact of prayer, because I know that you are involved in leading our prayer for the nation's Zoom meeting every week. Could you just briefly talk about that, how people can get involved in that if they're wanting to join in, if they've got a heart to pray for the nations? Yeah. Prayer for the nations probably came out of um, uh, the COVID, COVID situation that happened in India. And uh, there was, um, uh, you know, when, when COVID hit India, there was a lot of people that were um, dying. There was a lot of, you know, things that were going on at that time. And it was a dreadful, dreadful situation. So between uh, Elam Missions and Elam Prayer, we decided that it would be good to spend a, a week every day, morning and evening, for half an hour, seven o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock at night, uh, just for half an hour to pray uh, into the situation in India. When the seven days came to an end, we thought, oh, we can't finish here. We'll go 21 days. Uh, and then one of our partners in India said that, you know, because of the situation in uh, at that particular time, he had called his church to pray and fast for 40 days. Uh, so we thought, well, we've, we've got to go for 40 days. Um, so after the 40 days, uh, that, that was Monday to Sunday, seven in the morning, seven at night, praying, uh, uh, you know, uh, as a team. And, um, and then after about the 40 days, we, we thought, well, you know, we need to refine this a little bit, but we needed to keep it going. Uh, so it became 
um, a weekly thing, um, both morning and evening uh, on the Tuesday. And, um, you know, just to pray, not just for India, but pray, pray for other situations that were happening in the world. Uh, global disasters were happening and then we we started to pray very uh, and intercede very intently for Elam missions, Elam missionaries, uh, stuff that was going on worldwide and that. And then after a little while, we we cut that down to once. We, we still pray every Tuesday, but seven o'clock in the morning uh, for half an hour and um, you know, the, the, there's a team team of folks that he was involved in that. Tim uh, Cobham was involved in that. Paul Hudson and, and Sarah. Uh, Sarah, what, what name was involved in that? You know, so there, there was a team of us to, that were working uh, that way. So over the years, uh, that has sort of like whittled down. And, and it's been the three of us over the past little while, Ian, Tim and myself, uh, taking it in turns to, to bring prayer requests. Uh, every Tuesday morning there's a, a small community of people that are faithful uh, that come on uh, every Tuesday morning uh, probably up to about 30, 30 people at times can be beyond that call some of our missionaries come in uh, and are praying as well and you know we, we do uh, may, maybe uh, pull some of our missionaries some of our global leaders in just to highlight who they are, the work that they're involved in, and then pray uh, for them uh, uh, on, a, on a morning. So, yeah, that, that's where we're at. That's how it started. That's where we're at. And uh, we're continuing to to do that. We just see it's very, very important. I personally think that, you know, without prayer, nothing happens. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I came into this role, my, my heart was, you know, that uh, we would, somehow uh, connect with praying people, interceding people across uh, the Elam world uh, who will pray a canopy uh, of God's protection over our missionaries uh, as they they go about their their day-to-day activities and their missionaries, their family, uh, the work that they're involved in, the communities that they're serving, and uh, just to to pray specifically into those situations. And because at the end of the day, um, we all know that there's an enemy. The devil's out there. Uh, he, we know that he attacks us as individuals. Uh, and but how much more is that heightened when when uh, uh, an individual or a couple or a family uh, go into a cross cultural situation, um, you know, that is totally foreign to them. And um, the the you know our missionaries are walking into areas of great darkness, and um, we we need to be praying for them that they will be protected, that they will know the power of God, that they will uh, find the the key to unlock uh, the communities in which they're working in, uh, and that the the gospel of Jesus will not be hindered in any way, form, or shape in, in the countries in which they're they're serving Jesus. So. Yeah, to amazing. me, prayer, prayer, prayer has to come first. Yeah, and if you're listening and to this, and you else want to, that. so if you want to get involved in that, we'll put all the details you'll need in the episode description. There are some checks that we put in place because there's kind of secure details 
shared in those meetings but we would love for more people to be involved in praying for the nations with us and um, final question for you roy before we come into land and this is a question that i'm asking everybody who comes on the podcast what would you say to people listening to encourage them as they're seeking to get involved in the mission of god where they are yeah um simply it's part of our discipleship Hmm. if we're following jesus uh, we ought to get to know jesus more then one of the 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 things that will cause us to grow quicker uh, is our engagement in missions whether it's local or whether it's international and mm. um, that you know getting engaged getting interested getting the information uh, will cause us to to grow as a disciple of Jesus um in a quicker way than if we didn't yeah I think that's so important to because I maybe some people will think of missions as something that you do when you've matured a bit but actually what we see in the gospels is that the disciples grew as they did mission with jesus he sent them out when they were still didn't really know what they were doing did they but mission was a part of that formative process and it still is for us today roy thank you so much for coming on the podcast today really appreciate your time your experience your wisdom thank you Thank you, Jack. It's been a real privilege to be with you today. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. That's great. You're welcome. Roy is great, isn't he? I love his pastoral heart, but also his sense of humor that really puts people at ease. If you're interested in going on a short-term missions trip, please do get in touch with us and we'd be very happy to connect you with the right placement. And also, if you'd like to join in with the weekly Prayer for the Nations Zoom meetings, head to our website, find your way to the page about prayer. You'll find details there of how to join. Uh, We do keep those meetings secure because often details will be shared in that context, which are quite sensitive. And we're also sometimes really privileged to be joined by missionaries whose identities are kept secret due to them serving in areas of persecution. Uh, So if you do want to join, Uh, you you may be asked to give a reference from your pastor just so that we know uh, who it is that's going to be on those calls but we'd love for you to be involved if you've got a heart to pray for the nations and so we've reached the end of series one of the podcast i want to say a huge thank you to you for listening and coming on this journey with us of exploring the world of missions together Uh, a huge thank you as well to all of our guests Uh, both missionaries and mission staff. Uh, I hope that you found all of their stories inspiring and helpful. If there's a topic or a nation you'd like us to talk about in series two, then get in touch with us via our social media or you can email me jack.sket at elam.org.uk. I'd love to hear from you, particularly if there's been anything in this series which has inspired you in your Christian journey. And if you want to share your story of how you're involved in the mission of God where you are, or maybe short-term missions trips that you've been on in the past, I'd love to hear those and be able to share those with people in series two. So do get in touch. But we're going to take a break now while we work on series two. In the meantime, keep an eye out for some bonus content we'll be bringing. We'll be looking to bring some of the teaching from our missionary conference, uh, which happened back in May. So 
Make sure you're following us on your social media platform of choice. All of our links are in the episode description so you can find where you can follow us and that way you can keep up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Elon Missions. But for now, I'm going to sign off and I will see you right soon uh, when we're back with Series 2.